there and welcome to a video gamer chat of sorts with me Colm O'Hearn and recently I had the opportunity to chat with one Graham Smith who is the co-founder of Drinkbox Studios. Drinkbox Studios of course the developer of Guacamelee and the upcoming Guacamelee 2. And I started off by asking Graham why. Why now? Because when 2018 rolls around it'll be five years between the f- release of the first game and the second I personally thought that a sequel was sort of pie-in-the-sky type stuff. So, why? Uh, yeah, I know a, a lot of people have had that reaction because, you know, the first game does wrap up in a in a satisfying way. We don't have, like, a cliffhanger ending or anything like that. So, uh, it is, like, a kind of a standalone package. Um, but I can tell you, like, even right after shipping Guacamelee, we've always had a lot of ideas for what could go into a sequel. Um, and while, you know, at the end of that project... Uh, well, we kind of went right into we did we did the updated version for uh, for the newer consoles when they launched the Super Turbo Championship Edition. Mm-hmm. So you know we were working on Guacamelee for about three years total um, uh, to get all of those uh, editions out. First two years for the first one, and then another year for the Super Turbo Championship Edition. Um, and then by the end of that, we were kind of you know tired of working on Guacamelee. We needed to do something different, and we we took a break from from uh, platformers and we made Severed, um, which t- took us a few years to, to, to wrap up. Um, and then, uh, but you know, w- we've always had a lot of ideas uh, for for things that we, you know, we wanted to put in the original game, b- uh, but didn't have time. Or while we were working on Severed, we were, we were always coming up with new ideas for things that could go into a sequel. Um, and we we always we really enjoyed working on that uh, on the original project, um, and we, we always had it in the back of our mind that we'd like to come back to this universe again. Um, Plus, anytime we post anything anywhere, people are always asking, where's Guacamelee 2? We want Guacamelee 2. So it seemed like there was also a demand out there for for doing a sequel. Um, And since there seemed to be a demand and there was no shortage of ideas and we really liked working on the original project, uh, those three things together just kind of made made sense for us to come back to it. A a demand for a sequel is understandable because the first one was liked so much. It was quite deep as well. Like this 2D Metroidvania style brawler where you purchase upgrades for the the farmer turned luchador in Juan. And, <laughs> yeah. and one thing in particular that I enjoyed about the first game was how uh, certain moves like the the uppercut and the I'm trying to remember what the name of it was in the game but the kind of the swiping the dashing kind of hook punch how you could link those up to advance your traversal in the game to get to higher platforms like was there was a lot of on the surface fairly simple systems that could be used to uh, to your advantage very well within the game like are we looking at a a similar uh, type of deal with the sequel is it is it going to be as deep yes um so one of the one of the major pillars of the original game was that we wanted the abilities to be useful both in combat and for platforming uh yeah every time that well, almost every time, not 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 every move does this. Like you get a double jump move, which you can't use. Well, it does help. It does help in combat as well. But uh, for the most part, we wanted to try and make everything useful, everything that you unlocked be useful in both combat and platforming. And uh, this time around, we're trying to do the same thing. Um, we're, we're trying to make sure that all, all So a lot of the moves from the original game are, are going to be coming back in the sequel. Um, but we're adding a lot of additional moves and we're trying to do the same thing with that, uh, trying to make them useful in both combat and platforming. When you kind of reference about like some things coming back and you advancing on other things, co-op is obviously one thing 
that you're looking to expand because in the first one it, w- it could just be uh, you and uh, just that was yeah was, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> but but this time you have two additional bodies on top of that and the difficulty scales as well with more more characters isn't it yes uh, so and it's um, uh, early on in the game. Um, at the very start of the game, you can only play single player until about five minutes in, and then it unlocks the ability to have uh, four players. Uh, it's uh, it's local co-op only, so uh, so you can play with your friends on the couch. Um, but at any time in the game, people can drop in or drop out, and the game will scale its difficulty dynamically depending on the number of people that have joined. Um, it's also uh, some scenarios might change to add more enemies and stuff if you have more players too. So. Uh, we're trying to we're trying to kind of maintain the same di- level of difficulty as people are added to the game. So uh, so enemies will hit harder and and they'll also take more damage. Uh, sometimes there will be more enemies that you have to deal with when there's more players, uh, that kind of thing. And the dimensional waves is a, another thing which piqued my interest in the launch trailer because it kind of reminded me a little bit of the land of the living, land of the dead um, <clears throat> aspect of the first game, where yes. en- enemies within certain areas could. Or you could inflict damage on enemies uh, in the first game if you were in the land of the dead in certain scenarios or the land of the living. Is that is it the dimensional waves a similar kind yes, of scenario? Yes. Uh, so the dimensional waves are 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 still showing you like a kind of like a window into the other dimension. So when you when when you start the game, you're in the in the living world, um, and uh, the first time you see dimensional waves moving through the environment, they're kind of giving you like a little bit of a window into the dead world. Right. So. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, it's similar to the, the dimension swapping mechanic, uh, from the original game. In fact, you will get the dimension swapping mechanic in this game as well, a little bit later on after you've had to deal with dimension waves, uh, somewhat. Um, but yeah, it, the difference being that now you can do like special things with dimension waves that you couldn't do before. Like you can have like forced progression sections where the player has to try and stay within one of the waves because in the other dimension, there's like lava all around you. Or, or it just kind of makes um, uh, some of the some of the platforming sequences uh, require you to uh, to do it with specific timing. Like as a dimension wave is moving through a platform, that's the only time it's going to exist. So you have to jump with the right timing onto that platform. Right. Uh, or, or as enemies uh, as enemies are moving through the through the world, you need to be able to hit them when they're inside of the dimension wave because otherwise they're they're going to be invincible. Uh, so those kind of things. So it just it's like a kind of another take on the living and dead worlds, and and uh, it's another mechanic that we can use uh, to present the player with new types of challenges. To be honest, it, it's good to hear uh, about kind of old systems being expanded, and I'm sure a lot of fans will be happy to hear that because. I feel like one of the main criticisms of the original Guacamelee was its length, which I'm sure as a developer is probably, is that a nicer thing to hear? That people want more of your game. Now, the, yes. like, there were a few side quests in the first game as well, but for the most part, it was a pretty tight experience. And is that what you're aiming for with the sequel as well? Yes. Um, we're trying... So initially when we started the project, we were aiming for a similar length of a game uh, as the original. Um, it's it, And as we've been developing, we're finding that it's coming in a bit longer. Uh, well, actually quite a bit longer. Um, and so, you know, we're not finished the project yet. So I, I can't say for sure what the, the length of the game is going to be. Mm. But so far, it's, it's like it's going to be it's going to be quite a bit bigger than the original game. So far, that's what it appears. The reason I ask you that is because like even taking this year, uh, for example, you have a lot of very, very lengthy games in, say, uh, no, this is 
maybe chalk and cheese in terms of comparisons, but like your Horizons, your Zeldas, your like really, really lengthy games. And is that something you want to steer clear of? Like this monstrous, massive game? (laughs) Yeah, so we're, we we don't uh, or we haven't made any games of that size before. Um, we we like to do like short experiences that where the players constantly being given like new scenarios. We're never kind of repeating ourselves. We never we don't try and create gameplay systems that require players to grind for anything. Which is a lot of the examples that you gave. Uh, you know, typically they a lot of, you'll see. You'll see a lot of uh, gameplay elements in in those kind of games where you're you'll find yourself doing a very similar thing over and over, like in Horizon, for example. It's like, oh, okay, now you have to destroy all the bandit camps. Yeah, and there's bandit camps for the world, um, or so, so. Like we don't we we try not to do things like that. We try not to ever repeat ourselves. Uh, we always want the player being given new things constantly, so that you know they're always being surprised or they're never getting bored. They never feel like they're repeating themselves, um, and to do that. Uh, you know, it requires a lot of time. Um, and if, if you're not, if you're not going to just copy and paste, you know, gameplay systems so that, uh, to, to make your game longer, uh, you're naturally just going to have a shorter game. Um, and, and, you know, personally as a gamer, I really, you know, there's kind of a, there's kind of a place for each of those two different kinds of, of games, like short indie games. I, I love playing short indie games where you get a new experience, you play it for, you know, between four and six hours and then you're done with it. But you're like, yes, that was great. It was mm-hmm. something completely different and new. Um, and then at the same time, you know, in between that, you'll play your Zeldas or your Horizons uh, and, uh, you know, sink 60 hours into those kind of games. I feel like there is a want for shorter games for like, especially as your audience gets older and time gets less and less. There, There is definitely an audience there for uh, for people who want shorter tighter experiences yes absolutely and i find myself in that category as well uh it's it's a lot easier for me to it's very satisfying to pick up a game and be able to finish it relatively quickly uh when i only have like you know a couple of hours a week Mm -hmm. to play games um it's 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 satisfying to be able to to finish games um it's a when when i when i play a bigger game it takes me an enormous amount of time to get through them just because i have limited playing time and i think there's a lot of people in that same kind of category yeah and again the industry like a lot of the discussion lately has been around the single player game or the story based game that has a start a middle and an end versus games as services and the, the, the true viability of it uh, like even this week alone, you have uh, all the Star Wars controversy surrounding the loot crates and yeah. how, how many hours need to be put in to get certain characters. I'm guessing you're in the camp that believes single player games and story based games and games that have a start, middle and an end uh, very much have their place alongside the games of service games. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we're still competing with those, with people uh, with those kind of games for people's time. Um, but it definitely seems like there's an audience out there who is looking for this kind of thing. I'm glad that this isn't the, the part of the chat where you tell me that Guacamelee 2 is going to have uh, microtransactions from the moment you, <laughs> you, sta- you start the game. Or if, or if it does, in all likelihood, I can imagine it will be in there as a gag because the first game was full of, <laughs> of references to like Castle Crashers, Minecraft, Super Meat Boy. Like, there was a lot of humour in the first game that... Yeah. Uh, are you going for that that same type of angle with the with the sequel? Yeah, I think we are going to try and poke fun of you know some certain industry t- trends that we don't necessarily agree with. You might find some stuff in there uh, about that kind of stuff. 
Um, I, there's nothing in there just yet, but we have been talking about some ideas of, of you know, little gags we can put around the game, around that kind of thing. Are you going to tell me when the Battle Royale mode of Guacamelee 2 is going to be <laughs> launching? Is that going to be an update after the fact? Yeah, that would be absolutely incredible to have a Battle Royale. <laughs> I obviously have to push you for some form of date, and I'm guessing you're going to tell me, no, I can't give you one. Well, I can tell you it won't be this year. Um, you know, we're targeting early next year. And uh, at the same time, I, uh, I can't say anything for sure because uh, we want the game to be as good as possible. So, And it's hard to predict how much time that will take to, to do. Uh, typically near the end of the project, we have people coming through the, like we invite people into our office and we just watch them play through the game. Uh, we do this over and over with, with different people. And uh, uh, eventually we'll get to a point where we're happy with the game. And we're, like once the, the, the people's experiences seem to be pretty smooth and uh, the di- difficulty curve looks good and all that stuff, then we'll be like, yes, let's release it. Uh, but it, it's really hard to predict how much time that part of the process takes. So, uh, uh, but so we're, st- we're targeting early next year. Hey!